0: Welcome to the I Am Woman Project. I'm your host, Catherine Plano. I am a creative soul adventurer, a modern-day alchemist, and a transformational coach for entrepreneurs, businesses, leaders, and for those who want to break the cycle of convention and redefine success one step at a time. I am on a mission to empower the conscious people of this world, those who seek to learn, grow, grow understand and become the very best version of themselves that they can be. Every week we have thought leaders, change instigators and inspirational human beings from around the globe that offer you profound teachings and recent discoveries from the world of neuroscience, positive, cognitive and spiritual psychology to help you build wealth, health, love and achieve lasting transformation. So join us here every week. For new lessons on how to lead a life that matters, how to escalate your life after failure and how to inject more meaning, connection and resilience into your life and your business. As always, another amazing guest for you. We have the lovely Georgia Merch. Georgia is the feedback girl. She's become known as the leader in Australia for designing feedback cultures for teams and organisations. She is a keynote speaker and a best-selling author of two books in the space of Fixing Feedback and Feedback Flow. She's worked with people and leaders in public and private for over 25 years. She's led teams and businesses, designed cultures, facilitated leadership programs And she's done the yards. She regularly appears on the Today Show, Sky Business, writes for the Australian, Huffington Post, The Age, and loves a chat on ABC Radio. What she has realized that the foundation to relationships we have with each other is the one we have with ourselves. And it starts with the feedback we give ourselves. So she's just launched a new book, Flawsome, The Journey to Being Whole is Learning to Be Holy. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. So today I am excited about our guest. We have somebody from Melbourne. Not very often we have our women of inspiration from Melbourne. But we have the lovely Georgia
1: Merch. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. I'm very happy to be here in Melbourne. I am happy.
0: Yeah, I'm happy. (laughs) I am happy to be here too. And uh, I hope I'm not going to mumble over my words. I've been doing that a lot today. So um, the way... That just makes you flawsome. Oh, it is, right? And we are going to get into the flawsome. Uh, side of things very uh, shortly but we always love to start the show with asking our woman of inspiration her unique story so Georgia tell us what inspired you to do what you do
1: today oh such a big question because everything leads to something doesn't it right but I had this so my expertise prior oh my expertise in the last probably seven or eight years, Catherine has been really around designing feedback cultures and helping teams and organisations work as one. So work properly together, get out of the way and actually do really good stuff together. And, and so, and, and, And so where that came from in the first place was I was working in this consulting organisation and um, it was a great place to work, you know, literally. And um, we we had these human capital meetings that we ran every six months where we would get feedback from all the project directors about how people are performing. And I was the head of people and we'd make decisions around, you know, whether we're going to give people bonuses or whether we move them up or whether we need to have a difficult conversation with them. And I remember sitting in one of these, you know, it was pretty early on one of these um, meetings and one of our project directors, Richard, was giving feedback about one of his consultants. And so he's saying he's fabulous with clients But when it comes to attention to detail, he really lets himself down. Or things like he's fantastic facilitating, so great, you know, up in front of the room. But when it comes to coming up with creative ideas for the project, he really lacks. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, right. So I said to him, so when you gave him the feedback, what did he say? And we pretty much had nothing, silence. And it was in that moment I could feel, I don't know if you've ever had this feeling before, where this feeling in your stomach of just, like, I just became really frustrated. And instead of handling it in an incredibly gracious way, I did what the opposite of an HRD should do. And I gave him feedback on the spot about how poor that was. So not my finest moment. But really, my frustration became my passion. And the thing that I wanted that I then became really passionate about is we're holding on to these gifts around how people can grow, develop themselves, you know, um, reduce their blind spots. Yet our our discomfort with sharing that information is, is stifling their evolution. And so that's kind of how I got into the feedback space in the first place, which was really out of frustration.
0: Mm, I love that. And I I see this play out. I work with lots of uh, corporations and you see this play out all the time. Rather than give somebody their feedback, they move the problem to either a a different department or a different zone or a different brand, whatever that may be. And you can see this play out all the time. What stops people from feeding, uh, giving the feedback? What's holding them back?
1: Oh, so lots of fears. Obviously, it's always fear. But the ones, and so I've been asking this question for 10 years, the ones that tend to play out the most are uh, that they're worried about uh, the relationship so that the relationship will suffer if, you know, I give you that type of feedback. The second can be um, people's relationship to conflict. So some people are really conflict adverse or some people love it a little bit too much. Or you've got uh, the emotional reactions of other people and you're very nervous around how do I manage it if I've got somebody who cracks it and gets angry or how do I manage it if they get upset or go quiet? Uh, And, you know, or career suicide, what if I have this conversation and I'm really limiting my opportunities? So there's, there's many more, but they tend to be the sort of the big ticket items that come up all the time
0: and so there's there's a um so the the obstacles, the fear itself. do you think it's also because i I mean this is just from my experience, I just feel that sometimes they just don't know how to have the conversation, mm. whether you want to call it a brave conversation, a courageous conversation, mm. whatever that may be. they just actually don't know how to have it, and so they just mm. uh, don't have them at all. Do you have your own method on how you approach by
1: giving uh, good constructive feedback? So um, yes, of course, but yeah, that's a re- that is another um, main reason. And so, what if what if what I'm going to say is wrong? How do I start it in the first place? Um, and. And what if they disagree with my version of the truth? So that's their really common issues. And a lot of people say, well, look, I just and I and I just I just don't have the confidence. And when people have a a way to prepare for either those sort of little small nip it in the bud moments or some of the more difficult high-stakes conversations when they've got a format that they can actually prepare and start those conversations with, it is so much easier for them to step into it. And yes, of course, you know, we work, you know, I have a methodology around how we do that.
0: Would you, for our listeners high level, give us a bit of a snapshot of what that would look like to give feedback?
1: Uh Ah, so, so firstly I will, but this is the problem. Feedback isn't a snapshot, so and I think and and I'm actually not going to do it on purpose, and I'm going to tell you why. There's two things that really play out in conversations, and I think at a high level, if we get this, everything rolls out thereafter. So I've got this saying, and I love it, maybe because I came up with it, is that people hear your content, but they smell your intent. And so what I'm saying in that is that, one, we need to get the content right, which is the preparation piece, and we need to focus more on facts and examples than we do our opinions and our assumptions. So most of the time, the reason why conversations go south is, one, we share our opinions or we make assumptions about how other people are thinking or feeling, and that will escalate conversations into our unhealthy spaces really quickly. So if you have an opinion about somebody that they are coming across as aggressive or that they hurt you or they upset you or whatever it may be, you need to tell them what they said, what they did, dates, times, numbers, data. So the more facts we have, even if they disagree with our reaction to them, they will understand where we're coming from. So that's number one. And number two, the intent piece is if you're coming to a conversation knowing that you've only got one piece of the pie and knowing that you need to hear their perspective, that that's actually a game changer. Because, uh, Catherine, have you ever been on the receiving end where someone's just verbally vomited at you and they're not really interested in your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, and so, yeah and, so, and so that's also what can set us off. So if we walk into a conversation thinking we're right, we're wrong. hmm because the other person already knows you're closed. Whereas if you walk in going, my intent is to share what I know, but it's also to gather what you know, and then we'll work out a way forward, game changer. Sure. Yep. Yep.
0: And I guess the reason I, I was asking, because I guess my approach, and it's, it's something that I've always, and I still uh, teach to this day, is that we go in there with a the curious mindset, um we're and like you said no, ma- not making assumptions and first and foremost always ask for permission first are you open to receiving some feedback because sometimes people just like you said blurb the feedback yeah. not even taking into consideration how is the other people the other person placed i mean maybe they've got stuff going on in their mind or outside of work um yeah. asking them for permission first and then if yeah. they say no i'm not ready for it I absolutely respect their no, because I mean, once yep. again, if you're, if you're saying no problems, come and see me when you are ready. Once again, they're feeling valued and heard and, and understood. And then the way yeah. to do it is then obviously, um, I mean, this is just my way. And that's why I was asking. i do the feedback sandwich, always start something with positive. And then the, the opportunity or the thing that I want to bring up, I've just got a series of questions. So I'm going to go in there with, as a private eye or a detective to find out m- as much information as possible to give me insight into why they're showing up this particular way and then wrap it up. And, that, and that's why I was asking, is there a, a particular methodology yeah. that you uh, so- abide by?
1: Yeah, so, so so there is, and there's so much data around the types, the ways that we give feedback. We've got, you know, the Inc. model, we've got SBI, we've got feedback sandwiches, and um, Oklahoma University did a study on the feedback sandwich a few years ago, actually, and they've found that when we wrap feedback in the middle of something, people walk away a little bit confused. So because we're so most of us know when feedback's coming and so we've really got to learn the lesson of candid and kind at the same time and so you know We don't need to wrap it up in a bow. We don't need to go, I think you're ace and awesome, but really what you've got to work on is this. And, hey, I'm looking forward to drinks on Friday night. Like, we don't need to do that because people go, do I listen to the positive stuff or is it the middle bit that I need to talk through? So, you know, if you've observed something and you've seen someone react poorly, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I saw you roll your eyes in that meeting before. Is everything okay? Like dealing with things directly. Mm-hmm. so if you're in the moment and 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 again if we've got sort of the more the higher stakes conversations they require preparation Mm. and so and so all of this is good and and and, and that that's a space I've been playing in for years but the space that i've that i that I'm also playing in now is the feedback that we give ourselves and that is far more complicated than the feedback we give others right so because we are tougher on ourselves than we are on those around us and that's really one of the things that I noticed from years um speaking researching and writing in this space is that how how the feedback that we give ourselves influences how we are with others it influences the feedback that we give out give others so it starts with us
0: absolutely so how and how would that uh, conversation that internal dialogue sound like
1: i i don't know because i don't know you
0: So as an example, like just maybe something that you've uh, experienced, like if you would like to share, of course, something that just the dialogue in your head, like how are you giving yourself feedback when you're talking about self-feedback?
1: Well, I mean, so feedback isn't just words. The thing that I have learnt through um, the journey of really how do we learn to make peace with ourselves so that we can actually be with others. So the easier we find it to be with ourselves, the easier we find it to accept other people. And so this whole space of, you know, if, if I am, if I'm in a space where I'm, Okay, I'm going to go back to the feedback piece. So we get feedback, not just through words, we get feedback through how we react and respond to other people to situations to data to like I got feedback in that scenario before I was talking where I was in that human capital meeting, my reaction to what Richard was saying was feedback to me. So The feedback that we give ourselves is watching how we react to circumstances and people in life and they're the opportunities for us to learn and rather than go, okay, I'm reacting here and my default response in that time was I'm going to blame Richard. I'm going to blame him for not giving the feedback to his consultants and now he's the problem. But what I didn't do in that meeting is take responsibility for how I was treating him. So, you know, what I've learned over the time is how people treat us is definitely a measure of their character, but how we respond is a measure of ours. And the feedback that I have, the, the, the way that I process information is whenever I react. What's the learning for me here? What, what's this bringing up in me? Because the minute I can start working on me, I can make the dynamic of us better
0: okay so it's like the triggers that 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 spark that that this is obviously this is something that you need to focus on and as you're taking this as your feedback to whatever's going on and that's what you work on
1: yeah and so that's kind of the step i don't and i think it's a really powerful piece and we really underestimate the power um of of learning through ourselves i um I don't know if you've ever gone to an AA meeting or an NA meeting. I've um, been, you know, had friends over the years that have invited me to them and they're really, really powerful. um, One of the meetings that I was at um, last year, they talked about step four because there's 12 steps in the process. And step four is um, at a high level, it's taking a fearless inventory of ourselves so what that means is in order to move through and live a freer life, we actually need to take stock of the impact that we have on other people and how we react and how we respond. And that requires a huge amount of courage. And it's one of the steps that they, they tend to fall over and can lapse back into because staring at your stuff is actually, you know, it's not easy for many people. And looking at our triggers, the things that set us into fight or flight, the things that cause us to react poorly to other people, to fall into blame, to fall into, ah, that wasn't me, didn't happen, you know, into denial. Um, That's, that's, that's part of the journey for us is when we really want to start understanding ourselves, we've got to actually do that moral inventory of what are we reacting to and what's the impact of that on other people and on ourselves. Mm.
0: And I think this would take a, a level of consciousness, right, to be conscious, present with yourself, to mm. be aware of these. Because a lot of these times I'm sure people are not even conscious of their, their triggers or... Um, what's going on because everything's moving yeah. so fast
1: yeah and yeah and so and when you're not seeing yourself the natural default is to see the circumstance or the person as the problem mm-hmm. so um yeah it does require a level of consciousness i think but the cool thing about being able to move in a space of and ultimately you're looking for a level of self acceptance aren't you yep. like to go rather than to you know self punish and like oh I was so awful in that situation it's really just to note it and see it and observe it and sit with it and the more we can sit with I suppose the light and the dark of who we are the all of ourselves uh the more we can actually grow from that rather than trying to push it back Mm. so like I think about and you know let's think about some of the things that women are not good at in terms of punishing themselves about. So we hear often, this is some of the inner dialogue that we might have, like I'm bossy, I'm too bossy, or people say I'm too bossy, or I'm not too, I'm not confident enough, or I'm too confident or oh God, I'm not organized enough or I'm too controlling. And so we spend this time in uh, you know, that not accepting the all of ourselves but if you think about all of those if you're bossy which might you might say is the the dark side of me the light side of it means that you get stuff done you know you're assertive if you think I'm not confident enough the good side of that is that might mean that you're more open to different perspectives and if you're not good at being organized it might mean that you're really spontaneous and so, if you want to go on this journey of really accepting who you are, you have got to accept your light and your dark, yeah. because that is who you are. So, and if you didn't have that, you'd be another person. You wouldn't be you.
0: Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's like you're talking about finding the bright spots within your shadow aspects.
1: Well, no, find both. Yeah. So, so the whole flawsome journey, if you like, which is, you know, learning to accept all of yourself is not going, okay, I'm just going to focus on my strengths because they're amazing and ignore my perceived weaknesses. The, the flawsome journey is going, I am the light and the dark. I am good at stuff and I'm not good at stuff. And that's actually fine. That's Okay. Because we spend so much time fighting internally ourselves for what we're not, for our lack, and it creates its own anxiety and it creates its own stress. And instead of um, that being okay, all of a sudden we're not good enough. Mm. But that's who we are.
0: So, so, Georgia, are you saying before we unpack the book, Flawsome, are you saying to understand your, your obviously your, your light and dark side and then really focus on your strengths working with um, your superpowers uh, rather than invest time and energy on the things that we are not good at? Uh,
1: yes and no. I'm saying we're both. Yeah. So, I'm you saying- would still invest I'm- time
0: in the, the dark? as in uh, the yeah, because, are, yeah. are not your
1: strengths? Yeah, it's not a time investment. It's an acceptance. They're really different. So I'm not saying, okay, I am, um, I'm I'm not strong. So therefore, gosh, I'm not strong. So I need to go to the gym and be strong. What about I'm just not strong? And that's okay. So it's a very different energy. So like if you're a tree, right? Be a tree for a minute, Catherine. What tree are you? I'm going to say pine tree. Oh yeah, I like pine trees. They smell good too. So if you're a pine tree and you're standing in a field, right, and there's all these other trees around you, whether they're pine trees or not, you're a tree, right, and you cast a shadow. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a light and then there's a dark of you. If you're a tree, you don't look around going, "Oh my god, I can't believe I lost," you know, "I cast a shadow." And you don't look around going, "Oh, that tree's taller than me, or shorter than me, yeah. or uh, more free than me." You're just busy being a tree and part of the whole trees ecosystem is that they they give off all these oils to each other to make themselves healthier because that's how they roll and I think we don't emit all these beautiful oils to each other because we're busy going I'm not good enough, I'm not yeah. tall enough, I'm not this enough and you know what, you're just not and yeah. that's cool, that's okay because that's what makes you you and this whole space of learning to understand who you are requires a level of self-awareness, which is where you look at your triggers and understand who they, what they are and what they mean. And then it requires a level of self-acceptance. And the more, self you, the more of you that you accept, the easier it is actually to grow.
0: Yeah. I, as you are speaking, I've got a smile on my face. I have to share this with you and the listeners because my husband and I just were having a conversation the other day. A German yeah. shepherd, they bark. They don't bark and go, oh, was that too loud? Should I have said that? Should I have – and, you know, it's just really funny because when you think about it, like when you're talking about nature and animals, they don't second-guess themselves. They don't – you know, because they're a dog and they bark as loud as they want. But it's, it, it's very similar to what you were talking about. The tree <laughs> the, – they've just been a tree. That's, that's all they focus on. They are. It is what it is without mm. making a judgment whether you're casting a shadow over another tree or, you know, whatever that may be. So
1: um, it's – um, Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, we've got a lot to learn from nature and the animals, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Georgia, I'd like to unpack your book, Flawesome. The journey to being whole is learning to be holy. So let's unpack your book.
1: Unpack away. What
0: what would you like to share with our listeners? Because, oh, look, there's lots in here. I've got it right in front of me. And, um, (laughs) you know, it's about your triggers, the truth. Uh, I think, I'm going to ask you what would be something that you would like to share with our listeners, some something that's really um, a value. I, mean, I know the whole book is, but maybe just a little shiny gold nugget out of there.
1: So I, I think one of the interesting things for me when I wrote this, and I, you know, again, I, I came into this space because for years teaching, researching, and Um, speaking on this I've realized that you know our self-talk is really bad and you know I'm not alone on that you know but I I see my self-talk now I think that's you know we all get good and bad thoughts right it's the ones that we feed that make the biggest difference but when I was interviewing for this book one of the things that that kind of surprised me so I asked you know hundreds of people what's the thing that you think holds you back from giving yourself permission to be human So what holds you back from giving yourself permission to be who you are? And over 70% of people said, do you want me to answer this for work or for home? And I found that really interesting or they just would start talking about work or they'd just start talking about home and then go, oh, but that's me at home or that's me at work. And I thought to myself, wow, I didn't realise how many people are showing up to work with a different set of armour on, really? And and I was thinking, so if you if you're an orange, right, and um. You know, so you're an orange. You can be any piece of fruit you like, Catherine, but let's say you're an orange. Okay. And I and so, you know, at home, you're sitting on the kitchen bench, you know, maybe in your fruit bowl, and then I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to take you into the office. Well, at the moment, maybe I'll take you into the home office. <laughs> but you're still an orange, right? You're the same yeah. thing. You're the same person. And so we are the same person, but we believe when we're in different environments that we need to be a different one. Yep. And and a lot of it is made up on assumptions. Yes. And so when I, you know, got behind this, the assumption is that if I am my real self, people won't accept me. If I object to that, people won't respect me. If I speak up, uh, then I'll be shot down. And so we have all these assumptions that we make at work or at home which holds us back from being who we are. But then when I think about it, if we've got over 70% of people making assumptions that they haven't verified, we're all living a little bit of fake. It's not fake, but we're all living in this little bit of protection that we've all put this armour on and all because we feel like we can't be who we are. Mm.
0: And I think I mean if I I'm just I remember uh, uh, is it Carl Young I think that was saying that we have many personas and yeah. we wear the, the different masks depending on on our environment, um, and it's true. It's not. It's it's almost like we can't be our true selves. Although now there's a, a lot of research shows about being the vulnerable leader and really standing in your line your truth, is the connected leader. It's the le- the leader of the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Oops. and I think, you know, for for years we've had this command and control style of leadership, yeah. you know, and, and and we got stuff done but we never created, you know, in work term we call it high performance. You know, in life we can call it high connection because it was about a system and a process. It wasn't about our humanity. And if we really want to connect to each other properly, one, we've got to connect to ourselves. We have to start that. Yeah. And so, like, I'm kind of... I've just I've, you know the, the power of not being perfect and like so mostly we're drawn to people not for their perfection we're drawn to them for their acceptance of their imperfection yeah and so like look at um oh my gosh i'm having a brain fart um 50,000 50 million followers on a cre- created 50 million bucks for the bushfires our australian icon uh, who's? Oh my gosh! Don't you hate not it on that
0: Chris Hemingworth or something? No, she no, does. not
1: Chris. It's a woman. So, oh. um, and she lives in New. South- oh yeah, people listening to this will be like, eh, eh, eh. um, oh, I'm so annoyed. I can't think of her Do name. You know, it will come to you, George? To, it will come to, to me. Yeah, but one of the things that so I'm so I'm going to keep talking about it. So one of the things that we love about this woman who's got millions of followers, who's created millions of dollars for the bushfire appeal in Australia, is she made a career. At, she's, a, she's an she's she's a comedian, and she made a career out of taking photos of uh, like celebrities and um, models who looked gorgeous walking up the catwalks, and she would take the Mickey out of them and have a fo- you know have a photo of her in the exactly same pose, but we like grandma's undies you know and her body is not perfect you know she's got lumps and bumps in all the womanly places and she was just going hey this is me yeah here here I am and it doesn't matter she's kind of gone I've got flaws and that makes me awesome but one of the reasons why we're so drawn to her is because of her acceptance of her imperfection and 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 I think that's such a really, it's a really cool lesson. We love being with people who are comfortable with themselves. Like I was on this podcast the other week, Catherine, and we were talking about something and I just was, you know, ranting on as I am and I just completely forgot what we were talking about. And I said, oh, my God, I forgot what we're talking about. I'm so sorry. And um, Shane says to me, oh, that's okay. We can edit it out. And I said, no, don't edit it out. Like that's exactly what humans do. We forget yes. stuff, and it's completely okay. That's right.
0: Absolutely. Like, like I Judy. just completely forgot. Judy? No. 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 Celeste Barber. Okay. There you go. Okay. See, so you you I oh, come to you. Yeah. Oh, thank and you. And here for I'm going, Chris Heming- Hemingworth, But I didn't know that you were you were talking about a, a woman. So um.
1: Yeah. 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 You had faith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I'm curious, in in um writing this book, what, what was your greatest lesson when you were collecting all this data and putting it all together?
1: Oh, wow, because it's so true. You get so what do they say the greatest way to um teach is is the greatest way to learn is to teach right. or to, to write and stuff. So my biggest takeaway, I think I think my biggest takeaway was one of the one of the things that I've kind of always like I, I'm a learner, and you're like this. You're like, "What can I learn? How can I grow? How can I develop? How can I evolve? Mm-hmm. And so you know and and part of me getting to the stage of where I am now, which is a level of self-acceptance, was is to learn to take responsibility for the impact I have. So you know I've kind of' always grown up to be quite confident you know, like, you know, mum and dad really instilled that in myself and my brother as kids, you know, be who you are. But that I kind of, I I overstepped that and became, you know, controlling and like passive aggressive. And, you know, because I knew how to get my way. And I really needed to take responsibility for that if I wanted to learn to be with me and and make it comfortable for others to be with me as well. And so what I learned through, you know, the book is that, yeah, you've got to do the work on owning where you're at, but also at some stage it's okay to give yourself permission to just be and observe and see and that you don't have to work as hard to be you. And I always thought that evolution of self required lots of work and lots of striving and lots of, yes, I'm going to journal that forever and I've got to go to lots of programs. And But the more I see and observe myself and have compassion for others, the less work I need to do. And that was kind of quite awesome at the same time because I think for the first time I feel much more peaceful because I'm not pushing back on who I am anymore.
0: Mm, and I think I I'm
1: that. easier for other people to be with too.
0: Yeah. Oh, great insight, right there. Yeah. Now, the other question we love to ask our women of inspiration, I've got to say it slower, slowly, slowly <laughs> so it doesn't roll or my tongue gets t- tangled, um, is pain points. We believe everyone's got pain points. What would be a biggest pain point for you, whether it's. Um, professional business or personal and how do you work through your solution to your pain point
1: ah oh, my pain point cuz there's different types of pain right mm. so there's the pain of staying the same or there's the pain of growing yeah. and to an extent i am i'm not scared of pain anymore particularly emotional pain because I just know that I'm on the wrong side of the transformation. And if you asked me this years ago, I would have said my pain points would be um, egos, you know, other people's perceived egos that I would react to. Pains would be um, the pain of loneliness, like feeling alone um, and that I might never find someone Uh and the pain of what if someone finds me out that I'm not that I don't know everything and that you know maybe I'm an imposter mm. That's and a common one that one yeah really common mm-hmm. so um and I'm I'm not trying to be in like I'm not trying to avoid the question I just don't mind pain anymore because it doesn't mean as much to me like I've had pain this year Catherine like lots I lost my dad about two months ago um to uh, well he had lung cancer but he just dropped dead quite horrifically and then thank you and then I lost his best friend who is also my deep family is like my other dad four weeks later and then my auntie two weeks ago. And oh, so
0: dear.
1: and so it's been lots of grief and grieving yeah. in isolation is just the pits. Yeah. It's so crap. Um, so that's pain that I've sat in, Yeah. but I kind of know that you kind of got to sit in it to move to the other side of it. So right. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It feels awful. It's sad. It's, you know, it's all of those things, but I know it's temporary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think it's the the good thing is that you're sitting with it. it's amazing how um I heard uh similar stories where um people have passed. There's been a lot of people passing this year actually. Twenty twenty um, has been an interesting Yeah, yeah. I know of three. Um wow. and it's it's one of those things that Allow yourself to grieve, like sit in it. And I think there's sometimes people just pretend that, you know, it's not okay to be sad and just pretend like and, uh, as if nothing's happened. And I think if if anything, that takes so much more energy, so much more time, so much more power to pretend to be something that you're not rather yeah. than just say, you know what, I feel sad and I'm going to sit in sad for the next 24 hours if I want to or even 48 hours. Mm-hmm. But actually to sit with it is, the like you said, it's the only way you're allowing it to to flow through you and work Mm. its way out.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you know, and that's kind of the gift of, you know, isolation for for us at the moment is to kind of well, you know, we have a choice. Do we want to sit through the things that cause us pain and understand them and look at them and play with them so that we can move through them or distract it there's not much to distract yourself on at the moment down here but you know or you know but in the other in life we can we can distract ourselves with you know being busy at work or netflix or grog or being busy or whatever it may be so um but it's eventually going to catch up with us
0: oh absolutely and i i just i always say i think you know i know it's hard for us in melbourne i for all those that live in melbourne we're in, in stage four lockdown but i think that um it's really what you do with it. We can't control externally, but we can control how we respond and react to it. So yep. you can either choose to wallow in it and get angry or you can choose to uh, be creative or do something with it, you know. it's. Um, mm. I mean, if I have a look at this, for me the silver lining is that I don't travel as much, that I'm able mm-hmm. to go for little walks every day, which I've never yeah. I've never had the time to do. So I see all these little positive things that I've been able to introduce uh, into my life, which was definitely lacking in the past,
1: yeah, that's really beautiful. I've been playing since March this year, you know which you know it hit all of us globally with this concept that what if this is happening for us, not to us that's right, and it's such a better space to live in it's such a much more useful belief yeah. and um and then yeah, you're right, you do find all those silver linings and you believe them, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely and you know who's to know if there's a higher purpose or a higher order for all of this to unfold and right we, we won't know until it keeps unfolding but um you know I think that I'm, I, I'm not pretending like it's nothing because I know, I know I've got very close friends who've uh, small business owners, restaurant owners who've had to completely shut down and I really feel for those people. But, you know, when I speak with them, it's like, what are you doing with yourself, you know? And they're like, I've never had this much time with myself and I don't know what to do with myself, <laughs> but this is what I'm doing. I'm reading, I'm walking, I'm, ex- you know, like exercise. So it's like, you know, people are just starting to go a lot within and doing a lot of that that deep work as well. The, the work that they wanted to do a long time on themselves, which they never had the time to.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, yeah, you hear some beautiful stories. So, Georgia, as we start wrapping up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you, my dearest?
1: Oh, one. You can pick two. One. Uh, My brand, I reckon definitely authentic Uh, and I would say generous
0: yeah i was expecting you say flawsome i love that word and i love that it's pretty good isn't it it is it's it's about the flaws and the awesome like it's just the two words in the one i love the combination that was really how did you come up with the title that is very cool well i
1: remember years ago watching um this um the show america's next top supermodel and who's the gorgeous dark woman in the uh who who ran that show uh the supermodel Anyway, she she left modelling and she Tyra went on Banks the sh- or Tyra Banks. Yeah, yeah, and she went on the she went on the um, the show, and she put on a bit of weight because you know you don't have to starve yourself you know anymore. And they had on the paper just after they launched the show, um, Tyra Banks launched um, America's Next Top Super Waddle. Oh,
0: that's terrible! And it was having
1: a crack at her, just you know out of her body basically Mm -hmm. and so she ended up turning this around and she ended up saying actually we need to celebrate all of who we are and you know and so gaps between the teeth and freckles and she started this whole career for 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 models who aren't inverted commas perfect and she called them flawsome and so that stuck with me years ago and I just went that is brilliant I am having that yeah that's gorgeous love it Love it, and
0: the last question we love to ask our woman of inspiration is to share three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to leave for our listeners today, so they could be three practical exercises for the audience.
1: Exercises or nuggets?
0: Well, nuggets. So nuggets could be a form of exercises, whatever whatever
1: um, it feels aligned to you. Okay, so. so one of the things that I that I that I love people to ponder on is the difference between fault and responsibility. It's not your fault that bad things happen to you, like you know your husband cheats or you had terrible parenting or people treat you poorly. But it is your responsibility to deal with the impact that that's had on you and those around you. So it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's one. Um, I love the. Um, I love my mantra is how people treat you as a measure of their character and how you respond is a measure of yours and I just find that that really holds me true to the role that I can always play in experiences with other people and the third one that I would just challenge all of us to do is then in all situations find the gold Find the learning, find the one thing that you can hold on to to restore your power in the moment.
0: Oh, I like all three of them. And I think the, the one that um, really resonates with me is finding the gold. Um, you know, whether I call it bright spots, silver lining, gold, learning. Uh, even when I make a mistake, I don't get angry. It's like, okay, um, what did you learn from this? And what are you going to do differently next time? So I really, really shift my mindset into a solution to finding my little piece of gold. So um, thank you for them. They're great. Amazing. So where is the best place for our listeners to find you?
1: Uh, so you can just go to my website, georgiamerch.com, so uh, so I'll be there. And if they like The Sound of Flawsome, it's just with all online book retailers. So um, you'll find that really easily. And I highly
0: recommend for our listeners to check Georgia out and her book, and I love the cover. You look like a very much – I love the denim, by the way, and it looks like you're having a really good time at the front cover there, so I really love that. Um, I just I want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing your wealth of wisdom with us. That was uh, really uh, great content, and I'm sure our listeners are going to reach out.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. It was beautiful questions, and I really enjoyed my time as too my time too. So thank you, thank you. Thank you so
0: very much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard and this topic really resonated with you and you think it will help others, please share the show with your friends to help us make a difference. And if you want to be part of our mission to help empower the conscious people of this world to learn and grow, then the best way to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. Or please subscribe to the show. The more subscribers, the better the speakers for the show, which then means more value for you, so that together we can help the world become a better place. Don't give it another thought. Hit the subscribe button and help people get their weekly lessons. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift, where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at and we will get right back to you. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Until next week,
1: wishing you a fabulous day.